If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This is Come to Daddy with Ruben Kay, the podcast about parents for people who watched Carrie as a child and thought it was an instructional video. I don't want to say I have mummy issues, but the first time I successfully latched on was behind the bike sheds in year 10. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Come to Daddy, the podcast hosted by me, actress, model and child of divorce, Reuben Kay. Family has always been at the centre of the swirling typhoon that is my identity. And dear listener, here at the Come to Daddy podcast, I will be, for once in my life, listening to other people. Revolutionary, I know. Mm, he says that, but we'll see how that 
goes because the listening ears, as Judge Judy calls them, aren't always on. I'm so sorry, listeners. That disembodied head in a <laughs> jar of ether that I'm keeping alive, much like Walt Disney, is my incredible producer, Amanda Sangorski. Again, he never tells me what he's going to say <laughs> when he introduces me. So I have, as every week, I have nothing clever, nothing funny and nothing of any uh, interest to say because he's... Amanda is the proud parent to two pugs and I, I what, can I fa- what can I father? A sense of regret? Well, I see you as a, a, you're a parental figure in my life and in the pug's life. I mean, obviously, left to my own devices, I would bang on about dogs all day. But um, we are here to do a podcast. What is it all about? Come to Daddy is me finding a way to investigate the role that parents play in the people we eventually become. And I want to investigate the fine line between credit and blame. And I want to see how the sausage is made. That's great, but will it be funny? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm already regretting saying sausage is made. <laughs> well, so. as a vegan, um, as long as it's a tofu sausage, then let's make those sausages. Oh, I don't. I don't. You've made so much eye contact when you said let's make those sausages. I told you I see you as a father figure. This is all. <laughs> oh, was right. Um, so, yes, so you're going to be chatting to loads of guests. I'm going to be trying to stop you saying the word cock every other word or talking about your genitalia because we you know that's just you know your as a man it's the only thing i have to contribute to society but the best thing is we've got so many amazing guests coming up on this podcast every week we have a luminary of the uk comedy scene they are so intelligent they are kind they are funny they are spilling their guts on the come to daddy parquetry We've done a few of these. How do you think I've gone listening to other people's trauma instead of making my own kind of the centre stage? Not great. <laughs> it's been quite traumatic to to witness. No, I'm being unfair. To be fair, I only fell asleep once, but it, like it was a very long story about something. It isn't just um, your showbiz chums that we want to hear banging on about their parents, is it? You, oh God, we no. Hear from. We want the well. common touch. Go we on. How can they? Um, how can people talk to you? They can talk to us. They can talk to us. We've got a we've got a Gmail account. Whoa. Forbes one hundred. Watch out. Whoa. So send in your trauma. Send in your funny stories. Send in your lovely stories. Send in the stories that you tell at the dinner party about your mum or your dad. Or your uncle. But if it's about your uncle, obviously some witnesses and as long as the court date is passing. The e- the Gmail address for everyone to get in touch with is come to daddy podcast. That's C-O-M-E to daddy podcast. Important distinction because that is a very different email address. At gmail.com. And if Ruben had his way, it would be the other spelling. But for this podcast, it is C-O-M-E to daddy at gmail.com. A girl can dream. My guest today is a young whippersnapper of 22 years, but they look 14, so they're a loophole for pedophiles. They've been performing stand-up for five years and have already won multiple awards, which makes me furious. Born to an English mum and a Spanish dad who divorced when they were three, it's possible they have even more daddy issues than me, and that's saying something. They're also gender fluid and dyspraxic, which I believe is a very sexy way of saying they're a clumsy slut. 
What I'm basically saying is we're going to have a lot to talk about. Come to Daddy Sam Serrano. Hello. How are you doing? You agree with I'm that great. intro? That was fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> I want to tell you a lot of love went into that clumsy slut gag. <laughs> and again, sorry Definitely. to interject, but I did say to him, let's do that line. Let's wait till you and Sam have spent a bit of time together having a chat. Then see how. And he's done it at the top of the show. So that's I've perfect. That's seen... more than that... okay with me. This, see, we speak an unspoken language. We have, we have shared intergenerational trauma and every hole in our body is a two-way street. So we share a lot. It's me that we should apologise. I apologise. <laughs> You're in Liverpool right now. You live there, right? I am, yes. I live here, lived here for, got, for most of my life now. Like, if, this is not a normal city. It's great, <laughs> but it's a, it's a bit full. When, like, you see tourists who just come for the Beatles and then they've got, like, homeless people screaming at them and they're not quite sure what to do. <laughs> it's I do feel like I was in Liverpool. I, I went there because I was like, oh, yeah, there's this big history of the Beatles. I was mm -hmm. at the Liverpool Empire and I wanted to kind of go out. And what I didn't expect was, you know, at midday, women with full face of makeup, rollers and pyjamas shopping. Yes. On a oh, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. That to yeah. me was like a, a foreign... like. <laughs> I know that we all agree, I know that we all acknowledge that drag originated from sort of like black queer culture, but mm. I'm sorry, that is drag. It is, 100%. That is the they Liverpool aesthetic influences drag today in the UK. Yeah, and it's, as a, like, I didn't realise that didn't happen everywhere. It's such a staple of Liverpool culture of just like women in, like I think I've, from some of my earliest memories of shopping and just seeing like people still in their dressing gowns just going around Tesco. And I was like, this is completely normal. It's a beautiful little culture of You must have thought just putting on it. some jeans to go to Tesco's was black tie. <laughs> no? Definitely. When did you, just so this is, so I'm going to do like, I do a little questionnaire at the start, right? Perfect. And it's super, super quick fire, just like get us into rhythm. Uh -huh. I, I, this is my like parental questionnaire and I ask the same questions of all of my guests. Mm -hmm. uh, so just to give us a broad overview of your story, names and ages of parents. Um, my mum is jo Joanna and she's 60. My dad, Francisco, and I think he must be around 64, 65. 645 Francisco, where do they live? Uh, my mum lives with me and my nan in Liverpool, and then my dad lives in Spain, in Madrid. Mm -hmm. Here's a question. Do you think they'll listen to this or care that you're doing a podcast like this? Um, my mum might listen to it. Um, my dad probably won't. Yeah. So we're going to get into this later. I'm guessing you're – as a <clears> – <throat> As a homosexual with a dead dad and a very overbearing mother, I am incredibly close with my mother. And mm -hmm. considering my dad is dead, not as close. <laughs> no, I try every so often, but the, <laughs> the people at the cemetery know me now. They've got a photo <laughs> up by the wall. Don't let him in and definitely not with a spade. Are you? Do you also have the same kind of queer thing of close to your mum, really yes. bonded? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I'm close to my mum. Me, me uh, mum and dad are divorced, so mm-hmm. not wow. When was the last time? Last time I saw my dad, I was about six or seven. It's not seen him for wow. a while. Yeah, you met. What's the memory of six or seven and meeting your dad? Or seeing your um, dad. He was because he we we I was born over in Spain, so I had to go over and see him. Um, and there was one time that I just decided I didn't want to. Um, but there was a big kickoff at the airport and he went, you either come now or you don't see me again. And I was like, well, I'm not coming now. And he just <laughs> kept to his word. Stop. Yeah. That is high it's, drama for a heterosexual. It really is, isn't it? That's hectic. You either come now or let's not do the accent, Ruben. <laughs> let's never do that again. <laughs> You either come with me now or you never see me again. Yeah, and I just... I don't I, want to I, say, I mean, considering we are who we are, you, do you think that's where you get your drama queenness from? <laughs> do you think you inherited so. your drama from that? It's very drag what he did. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely drag. that's drag. Yes. That's some real like Madeline Ashton death becomes her <laughs> kind of full wigs tucked. You know, brows blocked, fuckery. 100%. Oh, here's a question. Um, what percentage of you, in a, in a, in a, I would like a specific percentage, mm-hmm. what percentage do you blame your parents for how you turned out? Oh, I think. Three, two, or 70. one. 60 or 70? 60 or 70. 70%, I'd say. That's good. Quite what high. Was, Amanda, off the pot, off the pot. Do you think? Do you remember what Shazia's percentage was? Oh, I think she was up in the eighties. She was she in the eighties. Really, she didn't hesitate. Shazia oh. Mirza, straight in. Yeah. High percentage. Look, can I just say this? You're doing better than Shazia Mirza, and she's an icon. So. <laughs> Definitely. Can I ask? How did you start comedy? Um, I uh, I. St- Started, I did my first gig when I was 14 and then had to kind of stop because I had like exams and stuff that my mom was Where like, you... you need to focus on this. Where were you gigging at 14? I was gigging in a a, a non-alcohol, like uh, it was a bar that like served like mocktails and they didn't do, it was for like recovering alcoholics. Do all go there so they can like <laughs> pretend. <laughs> And then they had an open mic night and they were like, yeah, we'll just get this 14 year old. My first gig. One second, sorry. The towel. I've laughed the towel off the back of my chair for echoes. Um, this isn't a, a queer kind of ideology here. This is just muffling noise, um, which is ironically the opposite of what the queer flag's meant to do. Your first gigs at 14 yeah. were for recovering alcoholics. Yeah. Who, That's um, fucked, Sam. How were they as an audience? You know what? They were fantastic. <laughs> they were. Um, the, there are some comedy clubs I go to, and I'm like, I wish these were recovering alcoholics as well, instead of the stags and hens. Um, they were brilliant. They, um, yeah, became a regular. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd say that I'd written new stuff. My, my mum used to write the majority of my jokes. I started doing like one-liners. Stop. Yeah. So I turned up and then one of them came to see me recently and he came over and went, you've um, changed a lot since the brink. And I was like, yeah, because I'm quite, I've very much changed my style and I'm a bit 
older now. Um, but yeah, they still I come just, to see I me. Just, your mum used to write your material for you at 14 when you were gigging for Recovering Alcoholics. That is the modern day 2022 <laughs> apocalyptic Mama Rose. Yes. But from what I remember, the, a lot of the jokes were about, um, like a lot of the punchlines were like alcoholic drinks. Stop. Which, okay, so give me, give me like, give me like your your hardest, your your biggest, your biggest hitter. Give me your biggest hitter. This was the so this is what I used to open with was I'm really happy today because um, my mum told me I was a fictional character. I was made up. That was my opening line for the first six months of comedy. And it's now for anyone watching this. It I'm I'm much better now, and I don't yeah, do yeah. that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in makeup that young as well? No, I wasn't. I um, I very much. I I kind of so I I did I did like three gigs between fourteen and eighteen, um, right. and then I went to see uh, Eddie Izzard, and I was like, oh, I want to try wearing makeup and it was then i put the makeup on and was like oh this feels right that was kind of like my in was like i was so for a long time i was telling people it was a character act because i was scared of going if i like put this on if this makeup on and say it's me then maybe i won't be accepted but then because i was putting on makeup and going on and talking about being queer and then saying it was a character act people assumed it was like incredibly homophobic and they were like some conscious we won't be happy we won't believe you until you suck a dick on stage <laughs> one sec they're just handing me these sorry can i just yeah. say that i came back into the room after doing some printing and heard the line we won't believe you until you suck a dick on stage i go out <laughs> of the room for two minutes Sam again, I'm apologizing. If you try and silence us, Amanda, that's homophobia. <laughs> so just here's a, I just I'm gonna track back just a quick quick a quick step here. <laughs> you started doing you started gigging at 14, but when did you kind of crystallize or when did the idea surface that you wanted to go into comedy? Um the the idea was it was because I did acting for ages. Cause my I've got um basically my mum put me into acting because I've got something sim it's similar to autism. So like my social skills aren't great. And she was like, oh, acting will help with social skills. And then my drama teacher was like, you need to work on something. That is the most misguided heterosexual yeah. thing I've ever heard. Put him into acting. It'll help him with social skills. That's, that's very funny. And my, my drama teacher kind of told me that I was better working on my own. And she was like, this is something where you can write produce direct and do it all yourself so yeah so it kind of backfires on my mum's initial intention but no, acting, um, acting or any kind of show business is not what is not what you put your child into if you want them to develop social skills or empathy it's what you put your child in when you want them to become a monster i think i already was a monster and that was her worry how were you a monster, Sam? I mean, that's just quite a strong word. How how do you you mean you were precocious or acting out or? Um, I think I've always been quite I've always been quite a, a dramatic person. Always like even before like from a very young age, I was always kind of I'd always kind of exaggerate 
everything. So I think my mum was kind of like, we can monetize on this and send them into. So like, she was like, I used to do like stuff with um, like the Royal Shakespeare Company and stuff. And my mum was like, oh, we're going to get like a proper actor. And now she's like, oh, they're just doing dick jokes to club audiences on the Saturday. It's not I quite. Mean, look, I'm, I'm seeing a monster here, Sam, but I don't think it's you. <laughs> if your mum's looking at her 10 year old and being like, we can monetize this. <laughs> Hey, we've it's had some fun. We've chatted about all this stuff. At some point, we've got to talk about your drama queen dad. <laughs> yes. Can we get some – Can we? Can, your mum and dad divorced when you were young. You stopped seeing your yes. dad when you were six or seven. Yeah, about what, six or seven. What's like a, a bit of background for people who are listening about what kind of person you, you knew your dad to be at that age? I, I always, like, idolised my dad because he'd – because in my head, it was someone who never made me do homework, would take me to the cinema once a month, and it was like, would get me loads of sweets. And I was like, this is great. My mum doesn't do this. And so, like, it was only, it's only been like the past couple of, like, yeah, the past 10, 10 years, I've been like, oh, fuck. No, he was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, a parent but, that only gives you the good feedback stuff is not yes. actually a parent, they're another kid. Yes, definitely. It was very much like, yeah, it was very much he portrayed who he wanted people to see him as, I mm-hmm. think was kind of a thing. Um, and kind of, because like when you're that young, you're so easily to kind of, you're so easy to like manipulate. It's like, just give them sweets and they'll think you're the best person on earth. And I think he definitely knew that. So he played on that a lot. Yeah. Um, and they And you know what the... I guess the reasons for the divorce were? Um, there were, I, th- I think it was um, once they had me, kind of my mum saw a change in my dad. It's like the story that kind of, I, I think the story that sums up what my dad was like, because I was born with meningitis. If I turn mm. to the side, you can kind of see the scar that goes right over my head. Um, Amazing. And there was like one doctor who in Spain who like specialized in like getting rid of meningitis, like curing meningitis in young children. Um, and my dad didn't want me to get operated cause he didn't like the guy's mustache. Yeah. I <laughs> that mean, sometimes the... that, that's, that, that is the whole story. You don't, we don't need any more background info on that. He didn't like the guy's mustache handlebar goatee. I, I, I'm him. not sure. I, th- I think I'm assuming handlebar. Mm. That is outrageous. If I had any kind of doctor with any kind of facial hair, I would be on him faster than white on rice. <laughs> Name me one. My Jewish mother would be so bloody happy. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So you, he leaves. He gives you the ultimatum at the airport. You either come with me now, you never see him again. <laughs> that happens. What impact did that kind of have on you? You, you idolized him, right? So what did you do yeah. to fill the vacuum when he was gone? I'd find like people on like TV or like like celebrities or fictional characters who I was like they're amazing, and then I'd see them as kind of like paternal figures. What, what do you, what do you I what do you so, mean like, fictional characters? And does this dovetail into kink? So the um the the kind of the the main one I was obsessed with Bob the Builder for years. No, because I, I was like it completely hot. hot. Yeah. Bob the Builder is the soft dom top we all want. <laughs> um, what was it about Bob the Builder that you were like you were drawn to and just like daddy? I, th- I think it was a lot. Of, a lot of it was just kind of like he was able to kind of help with stuff, and I was like, so like I'd see people go like he'd someone would go, oh, I've got this problem, and he'd be able to just go and help it, and I was like, that's amazing. That there's no like what I want. Like he he didn't seem as selfish i think a lot of it was also um i think the major i think there was a big bit of it was that he also kind of had a cat which my dad was always like i don't want any animals and then i was like this is a guy who helps people without thinking about it he's in a functional family and he has animals this is the ideal family relationship i think that was what was going through my head i just love i love that what you were seeking for is sort of like the bare minimum <laughs> of, a, of, a, yeah. of a father oh you you aren't selfish and you don't actively hate animals <laughs> i don't Do i think like he now... would prioritize saving a child's life over the uh the facial hair of a doctor call you crazy Doctor is a good guy <laughs> I'm going to prioritize facial grooming over the life of my child. <laughs> you got back in touch with him recently, yeah? Yes, I did. And um, I think because I, I thought it would be this, like, big thing of, like, oh, I've come back. I'm ready to kind of accept me back in my life. And he was just, he, a lot of it was, like, because my mom would ask, like, oh, how's, like, talking to your dad going? He's just not interesting that was the main thing he's not a very interesting person to talk to um like he's when i last spoke to him he'd read amy wine he was talking about how he'd read amy winehouse's autobiography six times and i'm like surely we have more to talk about it's not that long she's only 27 (laughs) can't have a high page count (laughs) that's true (laughs) 
just double the length of Anne Frank's diary and you're there. In an ideal world, do you think you would want a relationship with your dad or do you think because of the way it's all turned out, it's contributed to you? I think... I, th- I think I'd like a relationship with a dad, but not him, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I get I th- that. <laughs> I just realized how kinky that sounded. Like, <laughs> like... You can get that at Pleasure Drone, babe. You just rock up, <laughs> 2 a.m. But I kind of, but, but also I have like, I have, I use it a lot in my comedy, so I'm like, I've monetized off it it's fine like if yeah. i didn't if i didn't have if my mum and dad hadn't been divorced i don't think i would have been doing the kind of style of comedy that i love doing do you and your mum ever argue um quite we have like uh disagreements over stuff but it's not like it's one of those where you like i think again certainly in like later years i've been like Oh, we need um like I've become a lot more understanding of like it was tricky growing up with like a young child who's got special needs and she's like she had to like so she was a teacher over in Spain and then had to um had to give up teaching when she came back here because like she would be called into the school constantly because I would have like had a meltdown. Oh right. When you say special needs, just give me a bit more of a hint on that. I've got um I've got Kabuki syndrome, which is like it's very similar to autism, but not quite. It's I, it's, did, a, I did a quick Google on Kabuki syndrome before I did this, <laughs> and I was amazed at the variety of symptoms that are so like it, and yes. it's a from what I gather, it's like a potluck of which ones of these you get and in what severity. Yeah, like there's. There's like, um, like there's things that I kind of find out just like about myself that I'm like, oh, that's like, even today I'm like finding new little Easter eggs about my disability. It's a bit of a, it's a fun one to have. The, a lot, a lot of the time you can get, it gets, cause it's so similar to autism. People treat it like, like autism. So like with the social skills not being brilliant or like, um, organization kind of that like um because it affects uh organization as well but because people have just assumed that's kabuki syndrome they've now kind of been like oh maybe sam's also got adhd but because they just assumed like the kabuki syndrome is just very strong there um, a, a beautiful club sandwich definitely here aren't you i love <laughs> i i was meant to be tested for adhd in school but then my head teacher also had ADHD, so never got around to doing the paperwork for it. That's ridiculous. That is a plot. That is a sitcom moment. That is campus tits. Yeah. The kind of physical aspects of it, and my eyebrows are quite triangular. Um, yep. And then my eyes kind of uh, drop down, like kind of quite slanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I you also. Got, you've got Julia Murney eyes. Yes, definitely. Um, I also I sleep with my eyes open as well, which is kind of Stop. quite a common thing. Yeah, it's like I'll like fall asleep on the bus and then like we'll just how, be staring at someone how, and not how, realize. How, how, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. How open are we talking here? Like like closed with like a little bit showing, or just straight out 
Weekend at Bernie's, Corpse so if Open. I, if I close, so this is me with my eyes closed. Which I, can, they are not closed, mate. If you Google Julia Murney, yeah. <laughs> Broadway star, she also has like quite pronounced of a downward slant of her eyes. Sam has these quite, I think they're very painterly, really <laughs> painterly like arched brows. And when Sam was closing their eyes, um, there's still quite a quite a large portion of your eyeball, pupil, and iris visible. Yeah, definitely. It, it kind of looks it. a bit like you're trying to squint a little, as if the sun was a bit strong. Yes, it's very much kind of like like you're trying to focus on something that's really far away. And does that mean, do you, this is a dumb question, purely my curiosity, it might not even make it into this thing. Does that mean your eyes are just dry as fuck when you wake up? So It's like, I, you know when you fall asleep with fake eyelashes on? All the time. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Fall asleep, pass out, it's one and the same thing. <laughs> what I have often done is I have often woken up and lifted my head off the pillow and found my own face staring back at me and thought I was being fucked by Barbara Cartland. I think they, I, I, they, they need to start inventing like pillowcases, which are makeup wipes. Genius. Neutrogena pillowcases with the micellar 100%. water. I'm going in with you on this 50-50. Let's do it. It'll time because I'm also bringing out a pillow as Ruben K merch, but it's a pillow with a mouth guard on it. It's going <laughs> to really help my sales. <laughs> Um, were you like quite a camp kid? Yes, very. So, so were they? So was there an element of surprise when you came out? Um, I well, with my, I don't think I didn't come out to my dad because mm. I'm. I think I know he follows me on social media, so I'm like he might have just seen it on there. Unless um, he's the same as Velma here with no eyes, I assume he's got a clue. <laughs> um. And then with my mum, it was like, she definitely knew, definitely. Yeah. So what was the conversation like? Um, it, it, it was one of those where I kind of like tried to hide it. So I went, um, I, I, I said to her, I went, oh, I'm um, going to do, I'm going to do material on stage tonight about being bisexual. And she went, what? And I was like, yeah, that's me coming out now. And then I just kind of legged it to the gig. Um, so there's one of those where we didn't have like the big moment. Um, you didn't have the big moment. No, you, you drip fed, you drip fed your coming out. Yes. I did a lot of it on, like I came out when I came out as gender fluid as well. I, ju I did just did it on social media and I was right. like, so anyone who wants to see it first. Yeah. I, f I found that, um, I found that easier than having to like sit people down and be like, I got some sorry. I was like, let's just post this. Yeah, fair. I, know, I think I found it a lot easier. I get that. And does that mean your mum heard it from you or heard it from social media first? My mum heard it from social media first. With with the gender fluid thing, she heard it on social media first. Hound, sound. You got to you got to break it down the timeline. You came out as bisexual first. Yes. And was that kind of um, a step towards? Like, oh, I'm gay, or is that, or were you bisexual from the get go and still are? I Tell was... us now, nationally. <laughs> I so I came out as um, I've talked about it a bit on stage. I came out as gay 
when I was quite young because I just didn't know bisexuality was like a thing. So like I started like being attracted to men and I was like, oh, okay, I'm gay. So it is. And so I came out to my friends as gay and then started being attracted to women. And I was like, ah, I don't know what's going on here. Um, so I kind of, I just thought I was like gay, but just like not very good at it. I was like, oh, I'm shit at this. <laughs> like, <laughs> as someone who is very good at being gay, I, it is a skill. Um, and mum came to you after reading on social media? Or was um, she just like, nah, it's fine. Let's move on. No, she just started using they, them pronouns. It was, she, it was very much just like she's seen this information and just started, just went with it. That's fucking cool. She's great. That is Definitely. really great. We're coming to our favourite part of the show. It is time for the Come to Daddy Pick and Mix, where you get to sample the delicacies of your parental experience. And today, you have chosen, drumroll please, Amanda. It's quite hard. There's a lot of saliva on that microphone yeah, now. Sore tongue. Daddy, Daddy, look, I'm doing a dive. What I'm looking for here is ways you've tried over the years to get your parents' attention. Good, bad. I remember being, I, I, I went to like uh, football lessons for ages. And I think it was a lot of me like trying to impress my dad. So like when I was, um, when my dad would come to see me, I'd be like, look what I've learned in football, which I think was definitely kind of, a link to it um we also used to, um i have a vague memory of him being very into like boxing and wrestling so i would pretend to be interested in that as well to be like but like he was i think there was a time when he i have a vague memory of him rem trying to get me um into it and i i i was like oh yeah i'll do it but i've got an issue with my kidney it's like one of my kidneys is in the wrong place um so my mum was like if you try this it could like kill you that's a so i was like yeah probably best if i don't we're at the end of the downward spiral that is today's episode and i am the light at the end of the tunnel while also being the tunnel myself so I want you, this, is the, this segment is called Shall I Be Mother? Shall I Be Mother? Where I want you to look into my eyes, these beautiful dark circles, these little sort of spider carcasses glued to my face. Pretend I'm your mother or your dad, whichever is the least uncomfortable or most uncomfortable. And what would you say to them if they were in front of you right now? Um, I think I'd probably ask if I could borrow Amy Winehouse's autobiography. <laughs> that would be my... <laughs> I'd like to read it. Thank I fucking love that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Sam Serrano, for coming to Daddy with us today. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been, been an absolute pleasure. Where can we find you see you watch you now 
Um, if you head over, everything's kind of on my Instagram, which is Serrano Comedian. Um, and so if you go on there, you can find live dates. Uh, when I start my podcast in 2023, that'll be on there. And then I've got a YouTube comedy special called Beautifully Unconventional. And the link to that is on there. And you can go watch that first. Wonderful. I'll be on there. Thank you very much, Wonderful. Sam. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. It's a pleasure. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.